This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back to the In the Woods podcast, the show dedicated to your strange and eerie encounters in the outdoors. Today's episode features the story of a combat veteran that went camping out in the woods with a friend and saw a creature so disturbing and so mind-boggling. Even now, I have a hard time putting it into words. This is In the Woods, the show all about the mysterious and terrifying things that happen beyond the tree line. This is Eric, the new host of the In the Woods, at the request of Darkness Prevails. Again, a pleasure to be here tonight. For a link to our Discord where you can be interviewed for a future episode, and to discover more horror podcasts, go to eeriecast.com. All right, Dan. So go ahead and give us a little bit of a little information about yourself, background, um, you know, what year did this happen, things like that. Okay. Um, so I, I have a military background. I was Army, and uh, I'm a combat veteran. I grew up backpacking and doing wilderness survival type stuff, so I'm pretty well versed in being in the woods. I'm really comfortable in the woods, too. I live in North Carolina, and this happened in Uwari National Forest approximately, well, the thing about these incidents, plural, is that I've had multiple experiences across years, so I'm trying to recall when the first incident would have occurred, and I believe... It was approximately four years ago when the first thing happened, and the most recent one was getting close to about a year ago now. Yeah. So, um, it's three or four different incidents that occurred across a few years. Okay. So, yeah, it sounds like they're all still fairly fresh, too. So, yeah. just a little bit before the big C happened, everyone went crazy, and uh, yeah, a little more recently. So, all right. Yeah, so it was like pre everybody crazy and post everybody crazy. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't someone that was already crazy out there in the woods. It was something something else that was already out there. Hell, it could have been, but after I (laughs) tell you what I I observed, um, they'll sound even more crazy. All right. Well, let's let's hear it. Okay. So, um, this first incident I'm referring to, I was backpacking with a friend of mine named Carlos. So there's the two of us, and we hiked about four or five miles on well-known trails into the woods. And as as and this is in Uari, right? So um, as we're hiking and we keep pausing, we'd been there several times previously, and we decided instead of staying at a site that was near the trail, um, where you know you could be wanting to sleep in. Um, you could just be hanging out and you'll have hikers walk past as you're talking and it can be a little, you know, disruptive and weird sometimes. So we're like, we're going to go off trail. We're going to pick a spot. 
we're going to mark trees as we go off trail and we're just going to set up a new site out there, which is something you can do in national forests. You can set up your own spot to camp as long as, you know, you're not burning the place down or whatever. So we go set up this site, we hang out and we're both camping with hammocks and, um, it's contextual that I had this part too, but uh, I had a 12 gauge shotgun with me and he had, he had a 45 caliber handgun. I can't remember exactly which, what kind it was, but um, it, it's important a little later. So we we're hanging out, we're doing our thing and it gets to be like one or two in the morning and we decide we're going to go to sleep. We uh, get in our hammocks and the time of year was fall. It was late fall, so it was starting to get pretty chilly. And one of the neat things about camping when it's chilly and getting uh, colder is that you can hear everything, right? Um, a lot of the insects aren't making sounds anymore. And if there's no wind, right? If it's windy, you'll hear plenty of stuff. But if there's no wind, everything is very easy to hear. So it's like dead quiet as we're laying in our hammocks trying to catch some sleep and I'm laying there and I hear it sounds like just I don't know how to describe it but um have you ever heard somebody that's moving and they inadvertently make a sound trying to be quiet right yeah like a you know maybe their arm chafes against themselves or you know exactly. wrestling their feet or yeah the, the slightest of noise where you can tell like hey that's something that was caused by something that you know, is not no wind pushing something or, or, yeah. Right. It was like um, skin on skin or maybe fabric on fabric. Uh, whatever it was, I hear this sound. And so then I'm like focused on trying to hear it again. Right. Uh, because I'm not sure if I've just heard something, which is kind of hard to rationalize considering it's so quiet. Like you can hear your own tinnitus kind of quiet, oh. like it's ringing. It's so quiet, yes. you know, um, and so a sound will stand out and it kind of gets you out of that mode. So I'm listening really hard again. And it, it takes about a good minute or two, which felt a lot longer, but I heard it again, but closer and it's dark and i don't really want to give whatever this is a hint that i hear it so i keep listening right and i i i tell myself if i hear this a third time then i'm gonna do something about it right so i hear the sound yet again and even closer but not dramatically closer right so it's like whatever it is is trying to be super quiet and take its time and um so it takes even longer in between the second and third time I hear it. I <laughs> my shotgun didn't have a round in the chamber. So that's when I racked my shotgun, which I was laying in my hammock with my shotgun laying on my body, right? Because it's like the last thing you want to do is be flailing trying to get out of a hammock to get to your shotgun if there's some sort of predator animal around or another human being, which, you know, most dangerous predator there is. So I rack around in my shotgun and Carlos, who's still awake, he goes, really? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. So he just racks around into the chamber of his pistol and shoots a couple rounds into the dirt. Now, this was not crazy to me. This is something that every once in a while, if we're hanging out and we hear 
animals like because bobcats are in that area and very rarely a bear so sometimes we fire a couple of shots just to kind of scare things off so we don't need to worry about it plus it's fun you know and um after he does that you know and my ears settle back into hearing normally again i don't really hear anything else after that and i I drifted off to sleep, like laying there, just listening for something. And, and, you know, in, in hindsight, I should have grabbed like my headlamp or a flashlight or whatever, but I didn't. And I, when I was hearing that sound originally, I had that whole, like, you know, you're on edge and it feels like somebody's staring at you kind of feeling. But after he fired those shots, um, everything just kind of calmed down. Right afterwards mm -hmm. after i settled down again everything felt okay i really wish i had turned my light on so um you know nothing too crazy a little weird but next day we're we we do more hiking we we decide we're gonna turn around and head back to the parking area and as we're hiking back um there's this area You've probably seen something like this, but in most national forests or in most forests period anymore, sometimes they'll have this like alley where they're they've got power cable poles going through, right? Yeah, I've seen. I know so you can like look what you're talking about. Yeah, so you can look up and down a large distance. So Carlos is ahead of me. We both pause there for a minute, and he had already been resting. He was a bit ahead of me, and so he's like, "All right, I'm going to keep going." So like, I'm just gonna stand here for a second because it was uphill the way we we're going so i'm hanging out just kind of catching my breath reducing the sweat whatever and now i'm alone because he's continued on and as i'm looking downhill down this alley this is so hard for me to describe by the way too because this um i i barely ever describe this to anybody like it took me a long time to even say it to my wife because i figured anybody who hears this thinks you're insane Right. So I'm looking downhill down this alley and I see what looks like. It's hard to even put into words. It's like something that's almost snake like. Right. It's large. I could tell that it's a fair distance away. But having been in the military, I know it was less than 300 meters away. So it wasn't super far. Like, I could still make out some detail about it, and I have really good eyesight. So I'm staring at this thing. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I'm looking at it, and it looks like this... If I had to estimate its size, I'd say it was like... Hmm. I'd say it was like the size of a small forklift. Like, and I'm not even kidding. The thing was fairly large and yeah, that's that's a uh, i mean you know good good two thousand pounds yeah yeah um and i don't like that kind of weight that size is in line with what i'm thinking i'm seeing right and it looks like a snake whose head is up off the ground right so i can see whatever it is neck lifting up its colors were like dark gray and very bright white and as I'm staring at it, because I'm like, I must just be seeing this wrong. Like, this has got to be like some kind of crew, like uh, like some park rangers or some crew clearing uh, trees, whatever. As I'm staring at it, what I think is its head turns towards me now and it's staring back. If whatever it is, it can stare. Right. 
and I'm kind of locked gazes with it. And you know that sensation when you lock gazes with another person or an animal or whatever. It feels different than if you're observing them and they're looking elsewhere, right? Yeah. It's so I get that like, lock. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think as humans, we're really good at at discerning faces, you know, with eyes and, you know, even even if it's something inanimate. But definitely you get that that uneasy feeling like, you know, you're, you're eye to eye with something. And uh yeah, like you almost feel it in your gut when yes. somebody's locked gazes with you or you lock gazes with something else that whatever it is, you can almost feel it in your stomach, right? So I get that kind of jolt because now I'm locked gazes with it. And what happened next, I've never seen before or afterwards and is also difficult to describe because as I'm literally staring at this thing, not blinking because I'm just so confused and now I'm on, like unsettled with this locked gaze the <laughs> the very top of it and the very bottom of it started to compress like somebody was closing a window bottom and top at the same time and i'm watching this happen my brain can't make sense of it and all i can do is watch like a train wreck and it keeps getting flatter in the middle of the air right not touching the ground, it's like where it was touching the ground and the very top of it are compressing up and downward at the same time until it looks super flat and then is just gone. Like, I've never seen anything just become gone. Like, go completely invisible and squeeze, like, down to something super flat and be gone, right? I I, I think it's... <laughs> I think now... As I try to explain this, it, it kind of makes sense why it's so difficult to describe, right? Can you like ever think of a time where something just flattened out of existence in front of your eyes, right? I can't even. I, the only thing it's I can picture comprehend. in my head is, is like, like uh, the balers where you put, you know, like um, cardboard and it, and it and it takes a huge, you know, hydraulic press and it flattens from one side. Or, you know, like Shaggy pushing down on a sandwich to make it fit in his mouth. You know, I'm imagining like this this thing becoming and I can't so when it disappears, it becomes flat and then it just gone, right? Or does it Yeah, and it's not like it flattened itself and did something else. It's like watching it visually, it compressed from top to bottom until it was a thin horizontal line <laughs> and then there was nothing. And it was just gone. That's just yeah. nothing. It was so bizarre. Like, so my brain's sitting there going, okay, what is this? That's some kind of big snake? Wait, is it like a machine and I'm misinterpreting this? What the hell is happening now as it's compressing, right? And then, because it's not like it went behind something. It's not like it ducked away or anything like that. It, bottom of it, I watched the bottom of it go upward, right? So, like, my visual of it was just flattening like i was it, it's so strange to even remember right and um right afterwards so afterwards it's gone and i'm just standing there like dumbstruck um suddenly i get the most predatory like i'm the prey predatory feeling i've ever had in my life and and to remind you i'm a combat veteran and i'm armed at the moment right so as this is happening i have a 12 gauge shotgun in my hands it's the middle of the day too clear day no clouds nothing clear day i'm armed 
I have combat experience. I've been in firefights, right? And suddenly I feel like the most ill-equipped, in danger thing ever. Like, it's the worst feeling I've ever had of being like, something really bad's about to happen to you, like, now. And so all I could think to do, and it was, this is another weird part of it, was I just, it's like my own voice in my head was telling me something, but it wasn't originally my thought. I, and that's really, that's probably really confusing to even hear. But it's like I'm telling myself, but it's not originating as my own thoughts. Uh, I'm telling myself, you need to go. Go, don't look behind you, and don't look up for some reason. So like my own brain, my subconscious or whatever it was, was telling me, keep going. Don't look behind you. Don't look up. Don't look back where that just happened again. And just go and hope that whatever this is doesn't decide that it's going to snatch you up. It was like I didn't have any chance of protecting myself if whatever it was decided was going to do something. So I'm feeling all of this and it's, you know, all of this is flying through my head. And and keep in mind, like from the moment I see it to it winking out of existence to me, like making this decision to go, don't look up, don't look behind you, you're in danger kind of thing. This is all in a matter of probably 30 seconds between when I first start observing it to like, oh my God, I need to get the hell out of here. Like yesterday. And I start like I was hiking faster than I ever had. And I wanted to run, but um, I didn't because in my, like my rational cooler side of me was like, if you run and you like roll your ankle or you trip and uh, if you like even just trip, but don't seriously injure yourself, something's going to drop on you even worse. So at least keep your footing, try to keep your head, but hike out of there as quick as you can. And that's what I did. And for like the next two minutes, that feeling did not go away. It's like the most scared I've ever been in my life. And um, I'm just like, I'm sucking wind, walking as fast as I can with like my stride lengthened just trying to get out of there and eventually that feeling very gradually faded and that's another thing i was thinking back on it um like right after this happens right i'm like trying to make sense of it and i'm thinking back on it and coming out of there this was like um middle of the day now so it's not quite winter yet so in the day when things are warm enough you'll start to hear a few bugs you'll hear some birds right but when i'm witnessing this thing and as i'm getting out of there feeling like like i'm extremely in danger it was so quiet it was quiet like it was the night before um only this time it felt like because everything in the immediate area was as terrified as i was and um yeah so Eventually the feeling fades. I catch up with Carlos. I don't say anything to him about it because I figure he's just going to be like, uh, you're insane. You, you know, this, here's a combat vet who's crazy. So he finally, you know, went off the deep end. So I just kept it to myself for quite a while and eventually had, uh, you know, I talked to a few family members about it, like only two or three cops. Um, took me a long time to be able to talk to my dad about it because i figured he more than anybody would be like dude you're fucking nuts <laughs> um 
Especially considering how much, you know, bush time he has. But eventually I did tell him, and he was weirdly receptive to it and told me a couple of weird things that had happened to him. So, um, yeah, that was the first experience. <laughs> that, man, that is, a, as a first experience, it sounds like the the one you'd want to be your last. That's terrifying. I can't even. Yeah. Golly. And, you know, probably for the better that you didn't tell Carlos about it, you know, to, you know, I, sometimes these things can can pick up on just emotion, fear, anything, you know, I think even if it's an animal. Don't worry, the story's not over yet. Just a quick word from our sponsors. Definitely wasn't an animal, or at least not one that, that I'm aware of that can uh, essentially pancake itself. Um, yeah, the pancake then, itself is a good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, when you when you describe it as like uh, yourself telling you, it feels like it's just like pure instinct, you know, just instinct going over and telling you like, let's go. Like, because I've had, yeah, certainly, you know, I'm not much of a outdoorsman myself when I was younger. Yeah, but, you know, as I got older, I just kind of stayed in the city. But, um, you know, times, yeah, when, when things get a little, little sketch, um, you find yourself in a predicament you probably shouldn't be in. Uh, yeah. yeah and, just... and for, for an additional, for additional context about just my character, right. I'm like, I've always been in my group of friends, the guy that will like jump off the high ledge into water, uh, even though it's like only five feet deep, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking like. There was a time where I'd jump off of a dam where there's rebar sticking up out of the ground in the water and we're not exactly sure where it is because it's below the water line. Like, um, or if if anybody ever dares me to do something, I'd never say no. Like that's just my character. I I'm very I experience fear, but I I'm always open to trying to like yeah, push past on. that feeling, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, like, I just want to prove to myself that I could deal with that fear. And that fear was primal. It was just like, and it's like you said, it's like instinct kicked in. And there have been several times in my life where that kind of, that intuition, that gut feeling, that instinct saved my ass. So I listened to it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I've started getting that feeling more, like, in my mid-20s. And then I, I just referred to totally. it as a, a sense of impending doom. That's what I always call it. So, <laughs> that's a good that's a good phrase for it it's a good yeah, name for it's it. like a deep feeling in my stomach and then usually followed by some sort of adrenaline and then once i'm in a safe atmosphere or i think everything's okay it's i'm usually super tired and uh it just drains oh, totally me. yeah but, it's um but yeah it's almost like pure reflex right yeah you're like <laughs> oh and i think uh i think people who've experienced crazy situations learn to listen to that you know exactly yeah especially you know in like my line of work where i get to talk to people like you i feel like my my fight or flight senses have just been enhanced and you know and and now in like the day-to-day -day, people don't look most people don't look out for like their surroundings and they're not aware. They don't they're, look for those red flags. Yeah. yeah. And and that's all I'm looking for usually now, especially, you know, as, as you know, you're a parent, I'm a parent and uh, that's, you know, we're always looking out oh, for, absolutely. for kids. Kids come first, you know, I'm just, no matter, even at like Walmart, if I see someone walking down the aisle, I'm like eyeballing them and I'm seeing like in 
perspective, like where, or perspective where my daughter's, I'm like, okay, so just grab her shoulder, kind of push her as we're talking this way, you know, little things where she doesn't hurt herself, but mm-hmm. you know, things like that. I mean, that might just be being over parenting too, but. Um, oh man, I, I feel the parental paranoia. Um, things that I do are like, I tell my kids where we're going and I have them walk in front, you know, like, cause I don't want, I want to be watching their back. I don't want them behind me. You know? Yeah. Same. Or like, like groups. especially Even, from, yeah, with the groups yeah. of adults, I'm in the back cause I'm making sure everyone's exactly. okay. <laughs> so. And honestly, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like a nanny character. Like I'm, I'm kind of like a nanny type anyways. I like to take care of the people around me. Yeah. So same. like when I go hiking with, two or three people i'm always at the rear because if somebody falls or something happens to them i i want to be able to help them and like i take like a an emt's trauma first aid kit right and i've been trained on how to use it so it's like if you had a sucking chest wound i could treat you like (laughs) i can set your bones back in like i uh, so i try to be like a a I don't know. I'm I'm overly protective of those I care about. No, it's good. It's good to have, you know, and and you know, for you and I'm sure your your children will will take on take on that and you know. My daughter's still super young, so it's every time I try to teach her something, she just doesn't get it. But I'm just like I'm like just I'm learn, in the joys I'm in the joy <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, just you know, and, and, and you know, as I'm getting older, I'm definitely learning now what my mom meant. Like, just learn from my mistakes. And I'm like, I made a lot of mistakes in life, so please learn. <laughs> Sadly, I think uh, it's like a rite of passage to fuck up and learn from your own mistakes. Yeah. Like, you get in. <laughs> I, I guess the difference between intelligence and wisdom is like, intelligence is you can burn your hand on the stove and be like, that's hot. I'm not going to do that again. And wisdom is like, somebody tells you, this stove is hot. Don't touch it or you'll burn your hand. And you go, Okay, and never burn your hand because you listened to them. <laughs> I love that. That way you put that. Yes, that's yeah. all right. Um, so um, there were there were at least two other things that happened all in this same area, and um, I feel like I should just because there 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 have been a couple of things that aren't as detailed and aren't as like butthole clenching is that first one but Mm -hmm. um there's there is definitely a second thing that happened that just kind of shattered my brain again and it was years later and this time i was alone so it made it like 10 times worse and it was at night (laughs) and this is in the same national forest yeah yeah (laughs) so same national forest area and after that had happened i i i've camped Leading up to what I'm going to describe next, I had I had hiked and camped alone like a dozen times, which is its own kind of creepy and, and you know, bizarre things happening aside, it can just be creepy, right? So I'm saying that because I had acclimated to that feeling at this point. Um, this was... This was three years after that had happened, right? This is about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I actually, I've, I've adjusted to the feeling of being alone in the woods. It's like, you'll hear things. It, it's, it's interesting when you camp alone. Um, 
you hear a lot more going on than when you camp with someone else because you know you camp with someone else you talk you have a fire going maybe you're playing music on like a bluetooth speaker off your phone with some stuff you downloaded or whatever <laughs> yeah um I love how specific it is because it's exactly what people do. You know, some people will be yeah. like, "Oh, you're just you know having a campfire." Like, no, let's be realistic. You know, we're bringing our phones. We're, <laughs> we're having a well, good yeah, time. it's like, uh, and and especially being alone, right? It's like I'll download a couple of movies on Netflix. That way, it's like if I can't sleep and it's like one in the morning, instead of just laying there in the dark listening to things make sound at night, freaking me out, I'll watch a movie and hopefully pass pass out watching it yeah but um so yeah people definitely bring their phones um so i uh, since i'm going alone i told myself like i'm gonna go uh try panning for gold in the river right and so i spent most of the day doing that and it was it was fairly cool weather again like i've been there in the summer also but um this was definitely just edging into winter, but it being North Carolina, um, even though North is in the state name, it's it's still got some Southern heat to it. It's uh, kind of similar to how like Georgia feels and stuff. So the winters aren't really that cold and I'm from the Northwest. So it's like, to me, it felt like fall still. And um, I spend the day panning. I found like a tiny little piece of gold, which is cool. Um I, I, uh, it's starting to get close to dusk. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to wrap this up and go figure out a place to camp. Now, since that had happened in the past, I didn't want to hike in anymore. Like, I literally don't hike in and stay the night overnight anymore. Now it's like I drive down a hunter's access road. Um, and I might like build a fire. I, I might hang out near my car. Um, but I don't feel comfortable uh, if I'm alone hiking into that area anymore. And it took me that long to even go back out there, right? Like, I love being out in nature, but that freaked me out so much that I didn't go back for quite some time. And I had an opportunity to go. And I'm like, you know what? I'll go, but I'll just, I'll sleep in my car. That way I got something around me to protect me, you know, instead of laying in a hammock and just being like hanging lunch for something. So, um... I drive my car down to down this hunter's access road, which is like a good two miles into the woods. So it's it's not, you know, you're definitely in the woods. You get down to this point where it almost looks like a cul-de-sac of gravel. And that's where I I had my car for a bit. And then I see a couple of tire treads um, where it goes a little deeper into the forest. I'm like, okay, I'm, you know what? I don't want to be on a gravel road hanging out. I'm going to go a little deeper in. And so I just keep driving these like pair of tire tracks until I get to a point where this giant pine tree had fallen over. So I probably could have found a way to drive around it, but I was like, this is as good a spot as any, and I can use that big tree as a seat. So I, I parked my car there. I decided I'm going to stay the night there. I'm hungry because I've been like in cold water all day. So I get out a frying pan. I get out a can of corned beef hash and I set up a fire. And um, I the huh, right. So um, since it was now just the early stage of winter, um, all of the leaves and stuff had fallen off of the trees already. And it was a full moon that night, um, ironically or maybe fittingly. I don't. I don't know. 
And so it's a full moon this night. And so there's enough light where it's like you can pretty well make out like this uh the forest uh once you let your eyes adjust just a little bit. So you can see what's going on. It's like um yeah, it's like twilight kind of light everywhere. And um wasn't very windy again, so no wind again. Just like this uh the first night I was describing. And I uh, I set up... This is not near the same area where we went off trail either. This is like several miles in a different direction, but same forest. And I'm cooking the corned beef hash on the pan, and I'm just kind of hanging out. I'm not doing anything with my phone. I'm just sitting there kind of admiring how pretty it is. And um, once the food's ready, I start eating it out of the pan, and... I don't know if if you're similar, but if you're eating something, you're generally like staring around you at something else while you're chewing, right? So I'm just kind of scanning around, and um, <laughs> I'm just looking from like the left side of the edge of my vision. I kind of have my head turned a little to the left, and I'm just kind of looking all like far, close, in between trees, up at the sky, just kind of glancing at everything as I'm eating. And as I'm like kind of slowly turning my hand, my head and just kind of scanning all around the woods, I see this shape and it looks like a person, but it's like their upper half and it's leaning from behind a tree, almost that like a 45 degree angle, just staring at me. And so I like stop and I'm looking at it. I'm like, this has got to just be me like imagining this is a human shape um when it's maybe it's like a bush or a piece of wood or something like that right i'm like it just looks like a person and i'm staring at it because the other part is like it's winter and i'm thinking if this is a person they're not wearing any clothes because it was like this light blue color of skin okay um so light blue color skin and I can see part of its upper body, its shoulders, part of its arms, and its head. If it's if it's a person. Because this is the shape I'm seeing. And as I'm staring at it, just chewing still, I'm like, man, I'm tripping out. Why do I think that's a person? So I'm just chewing, kind of staring at it. As I'm watching, it slowly <laughs> leaned back behind the tree as quietly as it could. Right? Because I didn't hear anything as I'm watching this. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm staring. <laughs> it leans back behind the tree. And I'm like, okay. Maybe it's it's definitely got to be some kind of like part of a tree or something. And I'm tripping out. But as I'm watching. It starts to peek back out from behind the tree again. And as this is happening, it's like that surge of adrenaline and that little like that tiny initial layer of sweat that you get from like, holy crap, this is extremely stressful. And that surge and suddenly I'm not hungry at all. I kind of want to spit out what I'm chewing. And this thing leans. And I see its head kind of turn a little bit after it's leaned out. And now I'm like, okay, this is, this is like a person or a hunter or something like that. Or maybe it's an animal, right? Maybe it's a bobcat and I'm and it's trying to stalk me right now and the food I cooked has attracted it or whatever. So all these thoughts are racing through my head 
And so similar to what Carlos had done when I thought I heard something and he fired a couple shots, I just rack a shot and I don't want to harm anything. So I don't shoot at it. I shoot in the ground because I'm like, this has got to be an animal or something. This is like my snap decision. Grab my shotgun, shoot in the ground. This thing didn't flinch. Like whatever it was, it didn't recoil from the sound. It just kept looking at me. And that same exact feeling that I felt right after I saw that thing pancake out of existence, that like it was the exact same kind of feeling of fear. Um, and again, this sort of reflexive thought process kicks in where it's, I almost feel like I'm not the one deciding to do this stuff. It's, it's very difficult to try to explain, but it's like your, <laughs> it's like decisions are happening, but you're not the one making them. Right. And I, I just get in my head, put down like what you're eating, grab your shit and get in your car and uh, stay in your car. So I just like, I put down my stuff. I put down the pan and the food I'm eating. I just set it down. I grab my shotgun and just get straight in my car. And I'm, I'm so freaked out. Like I'm trying not to like hyperventilate because I grab my stuff and get in feeling like almost, almost like zombified, like just go in there and get in your car and stay there. I get in the car and I, I stayed in my car for the night there. Like there's a period of time where I don't really remember what I was doing, hanging out in the car. And I don't know if it's like, I was freaked out so bad that I don't um, remember what I was thinking or looking at, but there's like this gap. Cause it's like, I get in the car, I'm really freaked out. And at some point I'm calm and it's like there's some period in between there where I was either in shock or I or I just don't remember it well. Because I remember finally looking at what time it is and when I started eating it was like 8 or 9 at night. And when I look at the time again it's like 1, 2 in the morning. So it's like I was just checked out just sitting there. And between grabbing my stuff and getting in the car, I had looked behind me. I didn't see the thing again, but I get in the car and in my right mind. Right. So like most people, if the, if something like that happens to them. One, they're probably going to try to shoot at it. Right. If it's not moving and you shot and it's not flinching, but it still is making like conscious choices of movement. You know what I mean? Like it's deciding to slip behind the tree. It's deciding to look at you, but it doesn't do a recoil of fear from a shot from a firearm. Um, most people would be like, I'm just going to shoot at it then. If, if this feels so threatening, I didn't do that. This is all in retrospect, right? So I didn't shoot at it. Like it never occurred to me to, shoot it even as scared as I was of it and I've shot at other human beings you know so it wasn't like a oh I'm I don't feel right shooting at something like I can make that decision um but it was more like it never occurred to me to shoot at it right like it wasn't even an option mentally and then I get in my car and I don't see it anymore and then and also getting in the car right and then that gap of time 
most people would get the hell out of there. Just start your car, go somewhere else. Like, go home or park your car somewhere far, far away from where you just saw that, right? Like, who gives a shit about a frying pan? Just go. But I didn't. I stayed there for hours. And then when I finally, like, come to with my senses, I fucking slept there for the night. Like, I, I can't reconcile that in retrospect. Like, the fact that I was even able to go to sleep is just seems so strange to me. So, um, yeah, um, there have been a couple of other things that have happened. I've because after that happened, <laughs> it, it took me a while to go back out there. And when I did, it was very like, I'll go somewhat in there in the middle of the day when I want to hang out for the night if I even stay. And real quick before we go on, another message from our sponsors. For the night there, I'm going to go somewhere a lot more heavily trafficked. Have that uh, feeling of safety, having other people around. Even if you don't know them, they're just in the vicinity and they're other hikers. So like, get near trailheads, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so a couple of minor odd things have happened while I've been hiking. But those two are the ones that I have the most detail on and just confused the absolute hell out of me. I don't know what it was. I don't know what. Um, yeah, I just don't know what it was. I, I can't even attach any kind of cryptid name to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just so many. It could be something in, in on its own, you know, its own little branch. That's uh, Yeah, and it could have just been... You know, I, I don't know. And I think that's what bothers me the most. Yeah, the Because as often as I think about it, I can't make sense of what it was, what happened, and why. And I probably never will be able to. And so it's like, it's like, a, it's just always there in the back of your head. You sit there long enough with nothing to do, and eventually you're going to roll that through your mind and just try to make sense of it again, and you never get anywhere with it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever taken your kids out camping the same spots before? Or is this something that you like to do on your own? So I took my son once. So my son's 13 now. My daughter's 15. And my daughter was not interested. Like I've taken them camping before to a state park. And this is before any of this had even happened once. Um, I took him on a day hike. So we weren't even going to stay there. Um, I took him on a day hike in this area. And it's the only time I've taken him out there. And as we were hiking, everything got really quiet again, which happens with predator animals, and I'm aware of that. So I'm like, okay, maybe there's a predator animal in the area. I have my shotgun at the low ready, which is like, you're ready to bring it to action if you need to, but you don't have it like shouldered, or if it's a pistol, you don't have it leveled at anything, right? right? Um, So I just have it ready, like I've taken the safety off. I haven't put anything in the chamber yet, but... um, I'm just ready, and I start getting the most rancid smell of shit I've ever smelled. And I've, for a year, I lived next to a literal pond of human waste in Afghanistan. So I've smelled really bad things before, uh, among other things that, you know, most people don't want to hear about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this smell was just, it caught me. Like, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever smelled, but it was bad. You know, like, it, it, it had a physical force to it. <laughs> it was like, damn, okay. Um, so I start <laughs> smelling this and hearing 
So everything goes quiet, but I'm hearing like a branch snap and fall here and a thud there. And I'm like, really, does this have to happen when I don't have cell service and my son is with me on his first like trail hike? So I'm trying to play it cool. He's not really keying into any of this because, you know, he. It to him, if everything goes quiet, it's not like. Uh, somebody's moved something around in your house and you notice it right away. That's that's what I equate everything going quiet in the forest to. It's like a super familiar area that somebody's rearranged when you weren't looking. It's that kind of like, ooh, what's wrong feeling, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, started to have that sense of being watched and we're in an area that kind of goes up and down and it's cut into the side of a hill so there's plenty of spots like rocks trees um over ridges and stuff where things can hide and um uh <laughs> eventually the feeling of being in danger subsides and i kind of relax and i'm like all right i'm not taking him on a hike out here anymore you know because i don't want to risk his safety um And then I guess the only other minor thing would have been uh, one night I'm relieving myself. I'm staying near my car. Like, I don't even want to cook outside of my car at night at this point. (laughs) I don't know if I'm ever going to go back there again at this point, to be honest, because this is the thing that happened most recently. I'm I'm relieving myself and uh, I have a headlamp on because the the time that that stuff happened where I'm cooking the corned beef hash. I'd left my headlamp in the car because I'm like, well, I'm going to have the firelight. I'll be fine. And uh dumbass move because I couldn't like turn my headlamp on and, and confirm what I'm staring at peeking around the tree is animal or what it was. Right. But anyway, so now I'm like, I religiously keep my headlamp on me at all times after that. Right. So I have my headlamp on. I'm scanning the tree line as I'm relieving myself. And out of the corner of my eyes, I see two red dots like eyes. And so I'm starting to bring the light towards it. And as I'm trying to put my head on an angle where the light will reveal what it is, I just hear smashing and crashing as something just rips through the woods. Like something huge. Like I, I felt the the vibration of it moving through my feet in the ground. kind of. And um, yeah, after that, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm just, I'm out of here. Like I left that night. I was just done. I didn't even stay the night. I'm like, okay. If if I keep hanging out here, I'm really pushing my luck. Like, even coming a second time was pretty foolhardy of me to push my luck that way. So, that that, uh, pretty much covers that area. That I think think that's a a decent amount of stuff to relate for that area. Um, I don't... I don't know what the hell's up with that area. I don't know why more people aren't freaked out about that area. Or if they are, I just never had a chance to hear about it from anybody that lives in this place. Yeah. But, so you never had a chat with like another hiker out there, if anything, you know, they've ever been in a weird situation or heard anything out there? No, I mean, uh, it's kind of hard to just be hiking and pass somebody. And instead of being like, hey, how's it going? Be like... Hey, have you ever seen anything pancake out of existence here when you're both out of cell service and you're carrying a shotgun? I feel like that might be a little too much for somebody to handle. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, now uh, that you mention I should it. probably get the hell out of here <laughs> because now you're the one freaking me out. <laughs> 
But no, yeah, no, no. Have to ask old Spatula Willie over there, <laughs> dude. Uh, I actually did meet an old man that was crazy as hell out there um, when I was trying to learn about gold prospecting out there. Uh, I learned at this general store, which I didn't even know still existed. But yeah, there's a general store that I'm I'm asking if there's any maps of the area or stuff for gold panning, and this woman behind the counter gives me the phone number for this guy. She's like, you give this guy five bucks and he'll tell you all about it. I'm like, this sounds like I'm about to get robbed, but let's see where this goes. <laughs> so I, I, I call this guy and he's like, yeah, I live at such and such place. And you come on over, you give me that five bucks. I only, and he's saying on the phone, he's like, I only charge that five bucks just to make sure whoever's going to come talk to me about it is serious about it. Like they actually want to learn about this and they're not just bored. Right. And I'm like, okay. So I give him the five bucks, which I had to, like break a 20 just to even have five dollars yeah. to give him and i go out there and this guy's like he looks like he's been like doing hard labor his whole life <laughs> yeah he's got no hair <laughs> oh yeah no hair like i'm i'm a little over six foot and he's a bit taller than me um hands that look like he spent half his life digging with a shovel right and he's like, yeah, it, it, okay, so the property he's on has his trailer on it. That's a good sign, right? And not to judge anybody who lives in a trailer, because I, I have before. Like, I, I proudly own a home now, but, like, when I was a college student, I was renting a trailer. Like, <laughs> I've been there. But I'm like, okay, this guy wants five bucks, and he's living in a trailer out in, near the edge of this national forest, right? Like, so, all right, what's up with this guy? And he's like, yeah, you see my shed out here? <laughs> That's what, I'm going to show you some stuff out there. I'm like, oh, dear God, this guy's going to freaking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes me to the shed and he, he goes in first in a way where I can't see what he's doing. And he goes and sits in a friggin' like lazy not even a lazy boy, but just like a comfy, like a man chair, right? Yeah. Sits in this chair at the end of it in the center and on the walls of both sides, he has like 1800s and forward uh, tools that miners used. And um, he was explaining how they used to prospect and the clever ways they used to identify where gold was without modern tech. And then he's like, yeah, he's talking to me for a while and I'm still like really on guard with this guy. Like, I'm not letting him be behind me at all, because I'm just wondering, like, when is he going to try and just rob me? Um, even though he's, like, obviously legit, he's explaining all this stuff and showing me stuff. And then he takes me outside, and he starts walking around his property. He's like, yeah, this used to be a mine. That's why I bought this property. And he's pointing down into these big trenches and stuff where they had set things up before. And he's like, hey, come over here. Bend over and look real close at this rock. I was like, is this when he's going to brain me? Like, so that was a weird incident, but um, it didn't, it just had me like paranoid, not really terrified. And I didn't think to ask him about monsters in the woods because then he probably would have been scared of me. Did he have some good gold spots though? Did he know his, his stuff? Yeah, he, he suggested, <laughs> oh my God, it could turn into yet another story because he recommended I go to this certain area. And while I'm down there, there's nobody around until I spot a guy near the river. 
and he sees me and he's just sitting stock still watching me until I notice he's there. So he's known I've been coming for a while because he can hear me like bushwhacking, right? <laughs> this isn't like a known trail. Yeah. And I see this guy. And he's like, hey, come on over. I was like, no, I think I'm good here. I'm on the other side of the creek. He's like, no, you can cross right here. You looking for gold? I'm like, not really. <laughs> like, I, I'm just kind of out looking around. Like, he I knows. just needed something to do. <laughs> oh, he knew. Yeah. He had, like, buckets and a sluice box and all that stuff, right? And um, he then goes on to tell me, like, because I'm chatting him up now. And he sees I have my 12-gauge in a uh, scabbard. But it's like I have it front facing because I have my hiking bag on so I can still draw it. Right. And. Um, he's like, oh, you know, it's a nice shotgun you got there. And he keeps talking about my gear a bunch and I can see he doesn't really have much of shit out there. And uh, he starts telling me how he's going to start a cult. I was like, wait, it's <laughs> what? He's like, starter. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when it's just two people secluded disconnected from you know can, the I, grid. can I hold that shotgun man boy hey, gosh, let me hold is... your shotgun while i describe my cult <sighs> i'm gonna start <laughs> and we're like nowhere anybody knows in the woods yeah good times yeah, yeah that's yeah. a anybody fun one know you're here any you yeah. know, family relatives any friends with you <laughs> well so he chats me up he's like hey i'm gonna show you something cool and he like walked me up this trail and i'm keeping him in front of me he keeps trying to like walk side by side with me and yeah. slip behind me <laughs> and i'm like no nah, you go and show me the way he's like it's up there i was like cool yeah and i'd just wait until he'd keep walking and he's like he gets me really high up to like where this small metal rail is, because on the other side of it is a, an extremely steep drop for like 50 feet, right? And he steps over the rail and he's like, come on over here and look down. It's really cool. I'm like, no, I'm good. I can see everything from this side of the rail. Like, I'm fine because I got like my bag on and stuff. Yeah, and I, I just pictured. And... <laughs> yeah. I just picture going to clamber over it and him grabbing me by the bag and just throwing me down there and walking around the long way to pick clean whatever shit he wanted off me he was just so strange like um when i was like you know what i'm good i think i'm gonna go do something else after i feel like he wants to push me off the edge of this thing and he keeps eyeballing me weird as hell i was like you know what thanks for showing me what you showed me i'm good he's like cool he's like so which way are you coming out of here i was like i don't know yet <laughs> I'm just like mean mugging him now. Like I'm just deadpan staring him down going, I don't know which way I'm going to go. He's like, well, if you come down this trail, just holler and let me know. Okay. So I don't get freaked out and think you're coming for my stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's not me, man. I, I, I don't know which way I'm going to go, but I'm not interested in your stuff. And he's like, okay, well, if you want to, you, you're going to leave. I'm like, probably he's like, well, take this trail it's a quick way out of here and he points at what looks like a deer run at best which is like the grounds you could tell the vegetation's been stepped on once kind of looking and i'm like oh thanks and he's like you gonna go now i'm like no <laughs> and then i just stayed still and watched him until he left and he looked back at me like 10 times leaving this spot, right? Jeez. He just kept looking at me. I'm like, you are the shadiest motherfucker I've ever met. <laughs> he keeps looking at me. And I'm sitting there going, once I finally can't see him, I'm like, you know what trail I'm not going down? That one. 
That's fine. It's like when that like the, one the witch thing in the he story. Wants me to go walk down. Yeah, they point at like a, a fork in the road, and one's like rainbows, and it's all nice, and the other one's all decrepit with like willow trees, you know, and yes. fence slamming against the wind. You're like, yeah, just go down that one right there. It's about the safest bet you can go through. Well, five minutes and be in town. You sure? Because I can see town through the other road. It's right there. No, no, no. That's that's bad town. <laughs> it's very close to what that felt like, and I was just like, it's... I'm gonna go like the complete opposite direction from where he is because in my head i'm like he's pointing down this trail but he's going another way trail quote unquote but he's going another way which i feel like if i go down what at best is a deer run he's gonna try to like come at me from a flank or something and i was like whatever this guy's got in his head i'm not interested so (laughs) Just like, I'm going to go the other way. I was like, I don't really feel like putting a hole through somebody today, so I'm just going to go the other way. <laughs> oh, man. God. That's. Yeah. That was a good story, too. Honestly, they've all good been times out there. very. Man, I feel like my life is boring now. <laughs> I got to go out to the Man, woods. I'm ready for things to be boring. That's where I'm at in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, the most excitement I get is when someone like cuts me off on the road. I'm like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's passive aggression time. Yeah, tend to lane to the horn. No. <laughs> Say goodbye to your bumper. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Hope your insurance is full full coverage. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you got full coverage, motherfucker. Because I have no no insurance. <laughs> <laughs> What's liability? Bam. Yeah. It's a beater car, dude. I had to catch if you can. No. <laughs> I stole this one. Yeah, this ain't got no license plate. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I live. I live in a border town. Uh, I live in El Paso, Texas. So it's cool. it's not uncommon for people to steal cars here. It's it's pretty common. And uh, yeah, more often than not, I'm like I'm more weary because you know I don't know if people have insurance or not. And a lot of them, you know, they come. You can see the plates if they're from Mexico. And and more often than not, they don't carry insurance if they're coming over they're just you know coming to work and and i doubt their priority is insurance coverage so yeah and i can't blame them either they're trying to make a buck yeah i'm like fuck yeah i mean i would do the same honestly shit yeah uh, i would too i mean i go over there to get free or not free but i'll say pretty much free food because it's so cheap i'll eat like a king and i'm like all right that was delicious and just cross back that's really cool that sounds amazing, by the way. It's probably some pretty good food more often than not. Yeah. And, and back to like them uh, not having insurance and um, trying to just make a buck. Like I went somewhere fucked up to make a buck. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I get what it. Do to live, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I remember being at like like eighteen years old on my own. I ran. Well, I ran away from home at sixteen. So, you know, first job at like sixteen. And good for uh, you, man. Like it was probably surfing. hard as shit, but it Jesus was. Yeah, it was a challenge, and and it was you know especially around that time I partied a lot, so I was like trying to live the life, and you know, but living off of like the salary of Taco Bell, and I was like, <laughs> so every chance like someone was I like, have two point hey, this... five bean burritos until Monday. Yeah, I would. I mean, I yeah. would. I would every every little morsel that someone would return. They're like, oh hey man, this uh this is the wrong order. Oh no, no let me take care of that for you. Let me take care of that. I walk to the back. I was like, <laughs> yeah, just tear it up. <laughs> Come back. What'd you want? <laughs> my uh, my dad. Oh, back in the seventies. This would have been like seventy five, seventy six. He worked at Taco Bell, 
Um, he was in a similar situation where he's on his own. He's like 16, 17. I think he's 17. He was working at Taco Bell back when they had like a uh, salad bar. Right? Oh, yes. And so he, he loves to tell me this for some reason. He said, and you know, since I didn't have much money for food, I'd be like mopping the floors out there when it was slow. And I'd take my hand and I would just like do this <laughs> underhand scoop in the shredded cheese and pack it real tight like a baseball. And I'd eat it like an apple. <laughs> God, you got to do what you got to do. And it's probably the most Hell yeah. you know, caloric dense thing on the salad bar. So I would do the same. I would go for cheese if I was a starving poor dude and I could grab something out of the salad bar. Like, if I'm going to risk grabbing shit out of the salad bar, I'm definitely going for the cheese, bro. That's funny. <laughs> One, another, another quick story for, I think we're going to kind of wrap it up. Right, that's all the stories you got? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like that, uh, anything past that is going to seem really uh, just... I don't Not know that, that old that. man was pretty crazy. <laughs> that, that was pretty, I liked that one a lot. And then the other guy, just crazy. I guess my last little food story, um, off subject here, but still kind of, just a funny story. So, and just one final message from our sponsors. Uh, I think I was like 19 at the time. My daughter had just been born and, um, I got a job at Popeye's because I was just got an apartment. I needed to find a job. I was going like everywhere, knocking on doors, you know, passing my, my res- resume out, calling places. And then, you know, there's a Popeye's down the street. I was not going to be picky. So, you know, I go in there and the guy's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, uh, I think he was from the Dominican Republic and he had really mm-hmm. thick accent. And he had told me how he worked his way up from, you know, like nothing until he had his own, you know, like two franchises. So, you know, he was like, hey, man, if you want to come in, you 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 can eat for free. Eat for free any day. Your day's off you, any day, all day. He's like, I just oh, need that, workers. Oh, that's a huge perk right there, and, right? Uh, yeah, my, my ears lit up, you know, just like they Hell perked. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Like this guy obviously didn't know that I was like a future competitive eater in the making. So I was like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and I surely made good use of it. I Even before like the first day I started, I, I was like, well, can I eat right now? <laughs> so it was like, You're sure. like fucking hungry now dude i I mean i i I took it and then like before my shift would start during my shift i closed most times so i would take all like the leftovers i would have bags full of of this stuff my mom was living with me at the time and and she was just like can we please have something other than than chicken i was like oh yeah sure so i took the chicken tenders and i put some like teriyaki glaze on them i'm like hey you want some uh some some chinese food I think we got some some ramen in here. Make some noodles, <laughs> and then you know you make the ramen and you cut up the chicken strips and you put it on the ramen and you're like, hey, look, I'm fancy. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the next Gordon Ramsay over here. But yeah, that was just my little, and I God, I don't know how I didn't get morbidly obese, but uh, yeah. Probably because it was. Just I don't know. I didn't starve to death with some of my eras of the living like that. I I I remember being like. Okay, I've got enough food stamps to go get five dollars worth of stuff at like a family dollar. Yes, like I remember a, when a I went to Seven Eleven with food stamps, and I'm like, "You can use this to get a pizza here. They're frozen, but we'll cook them." And I was like, "Really? <laughs> Hell yeah! We get a pizza." And then, well, I would get a slice of pizza, and then I would down it with like chili and cheese sauce, just so I can get more calories in. And it would be yeah. like this, like mini box of sliced pizza, and they'd open it up to check, and it would just be covered in like nacho cheese. Like a cheese horror stuff. show. Yeah, like it's 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 
on the verge of spilling over. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Dude, and honestly, good on you and smart idea. That's uh that's a good way to to be opportunistic. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I wanted to live. <laughs> so. Uh yeah. Hunger's a a really good seasoning and it's um it's a really good motivator, isn't it? <laughs> that's funny. Well, well fortunately yeah. nowadays it's like um Yeah, now it's the opposite. Now I'm like dieting. I got a coach and I'm trying to like lose weight, so. Oh dude, I'm with you. Like uh I I just went to uh, funny enough uh, Today was one of the times twice a year I got to go to a VA clinic and they just kind of once over me. And, um, yeah, I've been like, I've been working out again and my doc sees it and stuff and he can tell that it's different, but like my weight stayed the same. So it was like, my clothes fit me better now. Like they're all looser and I'm, I'm working out and I'm like losing fat and water weight. But my weight stayed the same, so I was like, what the fuck? Oh, because you put on muscle. <laughs> yeah, you like... Yeah, you, yeah. You, uh, I was like, am I just being delusional? Or... Because I was like, because I feel like I lost a lot of weight. I feel a lot more energetic. But my goddamn waist is the same from six months ago, and I've been trying my ass off. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 big guys. Because, like, I'm... <laughs> like I said, a little over six foot. And I'm, like, high 200s, you know? Like, I'm, I'm big. I'm a big dude. Well, I, and, yeah, uh, I was, that's I'm another thing. Like for me to get freaked out. So, hey, there you, know. you go. Like yeah. now um, I'm like 185. I look like a different person. Like very nice. Like weird good, now. Good job, man. I'm <laughs> I'm on that road right now. Um, but yeah, even when I weighed like when I was in airborne school was the least I ever weighed, and I was still like a little over 200. So like. Even when I was in the most fit I've ever been in my life, I was still over 200. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I'm, like I'm a dense feller. Though. You know, that's just like the, I always call it the, the lumberjack build. I'm like, yeah, I'm built like a lumberjack. Yeah. So, Actually, yeah. that's a really good way to describe it. You, you're good with words. <laughs> just uh, good. At, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> it's just how I describe things. So that's funny. I guess you kind of would have to be considering what you do, right? So. Yeah. yeah just kind of keep it's, yourself it's a, on your it's toes. A skill. I was, I, I don't know. I Half the time when I'm home, I'm just, I'm rhyming stuff, but I'm making parodies of songs. So I could be singing like my daughter. She'll be listening to something and I'll parody it like almost like Weird Al, but on the spot. And then I, think, I love uh, that. And she's like, did you just make that up? I'm like, uh, yeah. And she's like, and, but I can't remember it after that. I'm like, oh, I don't know it anymore. It was off the top of my it's head. It's like, wait, what did you say before? And you're like, I don't know. It was so good. Can you do it again? I'm like, no, it's gone. It, it'll always be gone. <laughs> By the way, did you see in announcements where everybody's spelling out what they want to say with the fucking emojis? Look at this. It's it's beautiful. Where, uh, where Dark is saying, what deck are you going to play with? Right? Oh yeah, let's and you've see. got A, B, C, and then below people are choosing A, B, C, then bread, then they spell out Mothman. Oh, and bread <laughs> apparently. Yeah, <laughs> and then after he says, "Oh, and bread apparently," somebody spells out again. I love Mothman. <laughs> and then funny. he says, "Am I gonna have to make a lamp card for all the Mothman fanatics?" And somebody spells out, "Yes." <laughs> That's cool. So it's like they're trying to say something in a channel where. You don't have permission to send messages. <laughs> They're getting around it. Yeah. 
Anyways, I had a blast talking to you. Um, uh, you have a really disarming demeanor, so it was easy to talk about something that I feel... Like, I'm honestly pretty shy to talk about it, even though I can be quite talkative. Because it just sounds so goddamn crazy, man. No, nah, I felt like... it's nice uh, to express it to I someone, because yeah, I don't I feel like so... At a, like, at my grandfather's house, and he was telling me this fascinating story. I'm just, like, enthralled, you know? It brought me back to, like, my youth, almost. I'm glad to hear it. Um... And it makes it a little less uh, difficult to, like, just kind of carry around. Because considering I can't really reconcile what it was, like, it it's, like, just something always there kind of burdensome, you know? It's like a monkey on your back. Yeah. And um, the, explaining it to somebody that's receptive to it kind of helps that feeling ease a bit, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see the comments. I... I can't wait to get these out and see the comments of what other people say and if they. That's honestly why I'm doing this. Like yeah. otherwise, I wouldn't. I'm doing it because I want to see if other people have experienced something similar or what their thoughts are on what it was. I've never heard of anything, and I mean, I've I did horror narrations on YouTube for like four years and just you know like two hour long videos of just different stories every day, and and I've never heard anything. So it's... yeah, like. You know, the figure in the second thing I was explaining, that, you know, that's not unheard of. But that thing that's, like, large, snake-like, white and gray, looks at me, pancakes into nothing. I've never heard of that either. And, like, I listen to multiple channels where people, like, are trying to express their stories. Or be creative writers, for all I know. Like, because sometimes it just sounds a little too organized, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But, um... You know, that's that's fine to listen to also. But I've listened for hours over years since this happened and never heard anything remotely close to it. And that's part of why I listen to so much of this. One, it's like it can give you clues to when maybe some really bad shit's about to go down. But two, I'm really hoping that I can maybe get another clue about what the fuck that was, you know, yeah, like, like a weird I sense just... of closure of, you know, like, oh, it's not just me. You know, that's yeah. that's always the feeling that I've had, like when I come across someone else's story. And I mean, I've seen paranormal stuff, but some things I've seen, I, I describe them to people and they're like, like the one thing I described to. Uh, um who was it? I was talking to um, his name is Entropic Society. He's another YouTuber. And, you know, I was describing a story that I had seen this. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like a mass. But I described it as like a pom pom, like a cheerleader's pom pom, because it was so round, okay. but like tentacles kind of all around, though. They came out, you know, but wide, wide tentacles almost to points, but very black. No, you know. There was no specular light that would, you know, allow light to bounce off of it. So it was almost absorbing light. And uh, yeah, that was a creature. And But I was so far away, too. I was and I was like five or six years old. And it was like so out of any light source on the side of a gas station where it was really unlit. But I saw it. And then afterwards, there was like police that came like three cop cars. And so I don't That's know. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it was there for a while and I kept staring at it until like, you know, in your eyes, they start to kind of lose focus because you keep staring at something for too long. Yes. It, it was like that. And then it was just kind of gone. And then, you know, I went about my my night. It was like a big forest. Uh, not a forest. It was like a bonfire we're having. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, police came at that point. My dad had looked and he went across and then he came and told me to go back inside. And 
you know, me and I think the other kids, we went back inside and I never heard anything about it. And I think I asked my dad about it later on, but he doesn't recall. So that's so strange that like cops were like in route to it. You yeah, know what I mean? And they were with their lights on that side of the gas station, flashing them on the wall and around because it was the backing behind the gas station was just woods. You know, this is a small little, you know, like 5,000 population town. So I wonder uh, if like a time traveler robbed some shit or just <laughs> did something ridiculous as like their version of uh, vacation. And then they just like stepped the fuck out into their own like their original time or another one yeah, and, like um, time and that just... was the cops chasing them and you saw like the <laughs> aspect of them leaving like just random thought and also it's like maybe it was something um maybe it was something protective for you maybe it was something trying to like distract you from whatever was terrible that the cops were responding to that was mundane and it yeah. kind of just glued you into it i've thought it's, about that too i've that's yeah been, you know maybe it was just like my my conscious or my self-conscious or something something intervened for me seeing something that i shouldn't see yeah perhaps um and you know honestly so you can relate to seeing something and then it being gone right like yeah, you, yeah it was you're just looking gone, and your then... eyes gonna lose focus you blink or whatever it was right but then it's it's there then it's not and you're like what like there's nowhere that could go even at that age you're probably just like what <laughs> but um to and this is i i know i already described it but i really just want to hammer this home to watch something <laughs> like just flatten itself right like it was smooth the way it closed from top to bottom also and there's no sound no nothing and it wasn't like it distorted in shape it was like somebody took two uh, camouflage screens let's call it that like two sheets of camouflage and they just brought it up and down at the same time until nothing right and to see something become nothing even just remembering it is so alien mentally that it's like it left a mark on my brain dude it's just like it made me question everything that i consider to be reality you know what i mean yeah because how can you watch something just become nothing like nothing is not real <laughs> nothing is a concept something's not supposed to become nothing something is something you know what i mean so it's like <laughs> that kind of cognitive dissonance that happens from that is really I don't know, yeah, but you, uh, you can relate to it at least. You can definitely relate yeah. in your own ways. I like, like to think that's why I'm so much into like just space and theory and 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 you know trying to figure out what else is out there because it's just. Well, I mean, aliens are real, right, bro? So it's like maybe these things that we're seeing are like not necessarily far traveling beings from a distant planet. Maybe it's like they live in a way that we can't fully comprehend based on our understanding and perception of the real of what we consider the real world yeah maybe they slip in and out of you, that when you maybe said they... this flattening earlier one thought that came to mind was this was like uh a fourth dimension like it was traveling through another dimension that's what i like had the feeling of but how do you say that to someone you know yeah that's honestly what you I don't have any was... evidence to back it with but... like when i try to relate these i try to just almost in a report-like fashion, be like, this is what I observed, this is how I felt. Because I don't 
No, I don't know what the fuck it was. I don't know what happened. So I can only just say what I experienced. And not even with any real... There's no real rationale to it. There's like no, there's nothing that makes any of this sound less crazy. So I try to express it as just plainly as I can, you know? With with what I was experiencing, because it's like... I think if you say somebody was staring at me, then, you know, somebody pictures somebody staring yeah, at you. you but if you say somebody's staring at me and I feel like I'm in danger, that's two different things. So at least you get some of the context, you know? Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed talking with you today, Dan. I think everyone's going to love listening to this episode. I'm going to go and wrap it up here. Thank you again for for coming on tonight. And yeah, I'll see you around the server. If you guys are interested and you're listening to this, I'm going to go ahead and do the outro right now and give everyone some information about how, if you have a story, you can also share it. So stay tuned for that. Thanks again, Dan. And I'll catch you later. I just want to say thanks again for listening, everybody. If you made it this far, then I'm sure you'd love to know where to find more content. For more scary podcasts like this, and a link to our Discord, where you can reach out to be interviewed on the show, please go to eeriecast.com. Thanks again. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.